Welcome to the Business of Vulnerability. This podcast shares stories of organizations and people helping vulnerable individuals around the world. This podcast is brought to you by PulseForGood.com. Pulse for Good is an automated client feedback system to help organizations gather feedback from the individuals that they serve. For more information, please visit www.pulseforgood.com. Without further ado, the business of vulnerability. Welcome to the business of vulnerability podcast. Today on the podcast, we have Candace Gregory from the Open Door Mission in Omaha, Nebraska. Welcome to the podcast. I appreciate you coming on. Hey, thanks, Blake. I'm so glad to be with you this morning and to share what God is doing in the lives of uh, the people that he brings through our doors at the Open Door Mission. Speaking of the Open Door Mission, can you share a little bit of what the Open Door Mission does? Uh, The Open Door Mission meets the basic needs of individuals and families, and we inspire hope for lasting change to break the cycle of homelessness and poverty. And every night on our campus, we offer 917 safe shelter beds to those that are experiencing homelessness. That's men, women, and children and families. We also serve 4,747 meals to the community. And those are by way of hot meal in our community kitchen, a sack lunch, possibly in our street program, uh, perhaps in our consumer choice pantry, where an individual or family are choosing the items to supplement their income. And then we have meals to go, as well as um, providing preventive measures to prevent homelessness in individuals and families that are living in poverty in our community. Uh, About a thousand people come through those programs on any given day. But we could not do that without the generosity of the community, whether it be through their prayer support, their monetary gifts, or their valuable time. We offer 40 programs for free in our program, in our communities. Wow. You know, uh, when I, when I talk to a lot of people, there's this assumption that that homelessness is a, uh, a new issue that something that's happened in the last, you know, I don't know, 10, 20 years, um, but if, if I'm not mistaken, the, the Open Door Mission has been around, or, or well, been around a lot longer than that. Am I right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, we, the Open Door Mission is embarking on 70 years of service in our community. And Blake, you're, it's so true. We have a, a perception of, of um, maybe who is, is experiencing homeless or even why. But ultimately, homeless and poverty doesn't discriminate. And the reasons why people experience homelessness and poverty are truly very diverse. We do see some common factors in that in the populations, um, like a lack of safe, affordable housing. Fifty uh, percent of women experiencing homelessness with their children are victims of domestic violence. We have mental health issues. We also see addiction as being a, a huge uh, reason why someone is experiencing homelessness, a lack of life skills, and of course, a lack of education. 60% of the adults that I'm serving have less than a grade six education and less than a grade two reading level. So the skill set to actually be able to earn and gain a livable wage is challenging. Wow. I'm curious, with, with the Open Door Mission, uh, uh, right, there's there's an element of faith in, involved in it that is missing in some other things. How does, how does faith p- play a role in the services that you guys provide? You know, absolutely. Um, the Open Door Mission is a gospel rescue mission. And, uh, of course, you can't miss that. When you walk through our campus, you'll see ins- inspirational verses, 
Um, you'll also uh, be greeted with the opportunity to have someone pray with you uh, before mealtimes. Um, we have chapel services and Bible studies and kids clubs. Um, and of course, that's all available to anyone. Um, there's no mandatory piece of that. But we do find that people that come through our doors are lacking hope in their life and they are drawn to us because it's Jesus that they see in us. Um, and that's what sets us apart from many of the other facilities that are in our communities. Speaking of, of being set apart, uh, and I have conversations with providers all over the country, and, and they often point to Open Door Mission as being one that is um, particularly innovative and one that they often look up to. And I'm curious if you have any insight into what it is that you guys are doing that makes other groups want to emulate uh, what's going on there in, in Nebraska. You know, God has just blessed us tremendously in in our area with not only a, a fabulous, uh, talented team that are totally Jesus lovers and sold out to serving him here, uh, but we have a wonderful, generous community and of volunteers as well. Um, and I think that many times um, we, our culture is to be Jesus. So ultimately people can see Jesus and want to know Jesus. And to do that, like it requires excellence. And so that's what we're striving to to offer here on and uh, we're offering to be good stewards of not only our time and our monetary gifts but we have a fiduciary responsibility um, to actually provide excellence to those that come through our doors whether it be a guest or a volunteer or a donor and so we work really hard to to achieve that and and ultimately, before COVID, uh, we probably had 100, 100 agencies visit our campus on a given year annually. And we learn as much from them as they learn from us. You know, uh, you, you mentioned COVID and I'm curious how COVID has changed. Like how, I guess, how did you respond to it? And how did it change the operations of the Open Door Mission over the last 18 months? Well, definitely um, these have been some challenging uncharted water times for our Open Door Mission. We experienced shelter in place for 90 days. Not everyone uh, can say they have accomplished that with 970 people, their favorite friends. Uh, we had no volunteers for six months. We have uh, sent 80% of our administration staff to the front lines with scrubs for about 10 of those 18 months. We are still practicing all the CDC guidelines, um, you know, washing and disinfecting and cleaning, sanitizing every three hours of those public areas. Uh, everyone uh, uses a thermal temperature reading when they come through our building. We have hand washing stations. We have infirmary quarantine isolation. Our clinic is bursting at the seams. Um, we now have an infectious disease protocol manual to follow. Um, so in many ways, uh, we learned a lot through COVID, Blake, and we came out better uh, on the other side. We actually have been able to add an art studio to our campus for art therapy. We added a Lydia House Cafe so our women and children eat inside the Lydia House rather than walking to our community dining room. We added three more nurses on our team, and we opened a clinic in our Lydia House so that they do not have to go to our community clinic on our campus. So for us as an organization, we were able to turn a, a very bad experience and into good in many ways as we learned from the experience together. How do how did your community respond to it? Did you see more help? Was it was it uh, uh, more donations? Anything like that? Uh, did did they respond in a helpful way, or or was it, was it 
more preoccupied with other things. I believe that uh, COVID brought not only our team together and unified it with a strong bond, but it brought our community together. Um, we uh, at the Open Door Mission did not go without PPE or cleaning or sanitizing supplies. We did not go without portable hand washing stations. Um, we really saw a community come together to protect the most vulnerable and neediest neighbors of our community. And I think it's a true testimony to the Omaha South, the Omaha, Nebraska and Southwest Iowa area and how much they do take care of those that are less fortunate. And what a testimony that is to the greater uh, American people that here in the Midwest, that we can make this happen, even in the worst of times. Yeah. You know, uh, those worst of times just seem to keep climbing. Uh, like every every month, I think this is going to be the last month of, of dealing with COVID, but it just keeps happening. And there's this interesting, like, uh, um, almost after effects that are, that are, I guess organizations around the country are kind of experiencing. And I'm curious if, if you've felt any of those, you know, if the, the populations you're serving, if the post COVID world has had any challenges. On our organization, we are truly challenged like many other nonprofits that prior to COVID we had 14,000 volunteers and now we have 2000. So mm-hmm. it is very, very challenging. And that win back uh, to get volunteers back on your campus is is much more challenging. On the other side of that, Blake, is uh, here at the Open Door Mission, we are striving to create independence, and I'm working within a system that's creating dependence. And we don't dispute that there was a time for some stimulus checks, but this has gone on way too long. And there's nothing worse than trying to help someone maintain their sobriety, and they're getting checks of money. Um, we have many that have been struggling for um, with uh, life skill issues and and of course living way beyond their means and we've been pushing evictions down 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 and kicking that down the can and now we're going to be upon the holiday season and it's going to hit the judicial system across the United States and and we're going to be left with the aftermath of that and so some things that we did were very worked very well and other things there's going to definitely be some fallout from them. Yeah, and we're trying to be proactive. And I, I'm curious, what what type of proactive measures are you taking right now, uh, knowing that there might just be this tidal wave of issues that are mm-hmm. are going to hit you? Yeah, you know, uh, amazingly, we brought together. Uh, we are part of a team that came together to create the Homeless Solutions Grant Fund. And just last year alone, we diverted 522 families from even entering the shelter system, um, and yeah. that was by helping them. Uh, identify where uh, they needed financial assistance, whether it be uh, paying rent, uh, a deposit, a utility, but it is much more cost-effective, Blake, to empower someone to be in their own home than it is to see them enter the shelter system, uh, become dependent on government assistance, and then see that become generational. Mm, That makes a lot of sense. Yes. Um, I'm curious for someone like me, right? So, So say I'm uh, living in, in Omaha or anywhere around it, how, how can I help? How can I help the, the mission of the Open Door Mission? Um, and, 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 you know, you mentioned prayers, but beyond that, what things can I do to, to try and confront this tidal wave right. to, to make sure that it doesn't overwhelm the, the groups that are, are helping the most vulnerable? Absolutely. Well, I always say that people put their, um, their uh, money where their heart is and, and also where their time is, Blake. 
And oftentimes people have uh, more discretional income than others at different seasons in their life. And uh, here at the Open Door Mission, we can provide food and care for $2.15. So we challenge people to be part of our Heartland Hand Club. And if you're listening, and I encourage you to look into your community and where is there a, a rescue mission that's providing food and care at a solid investment uh, similar to $2.15 because then you can look at your own budget and say, okay, what? how many lattes can I give up this month to provide mm-hmm. food and shelter for someone else? And then the other one's a little bit difficult, Blake. It requires you to really look at what is my passion? What, what could I really do? Because if I donate two hours of my time a month for 12 months of the year, that's one day that I have given back to this community that I live in right here, right now to make a difference. And it could be as simple as walking a dog. It could be at a senior center being the bingo caller. It could be at a school reading to children, or it could be at your gospel rescue mission where you're peeling potatoes, cooking the potatoes, serving the potatoes and cleaning up after the potatoes. But there is something for everyone. Uh, to make a difference. And Blake, if one person, if every person makes a difference, that's what changes, not just society, but our culture in general. You know, uh, earlier in the podcast, you said something that's that's stuck with me, and I, I think it may always stick with me uh, about your staff. And you, you mentioned that, that following Jesus is striving for excellence. Um, and I, I think that that's a, a really interesting point in people's lives of I want to serve, but also do it in an excellent way. Um, mm. And, and it, to me, it appears like that's what is happening at the Open Door Mission and is happening with the staff. And, uh, you know, selfishly, I've been able to have some interactions with your staff and see how they work. Um, and I just want to say thank you for the hard work that you're doing and the wonderful work that you're doing to help people uh, in Omaha and, and across Nebraska. So thank you so much. And please let your staff know how grateful we are um, and, and thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. Hey, Blake, thanks so much for this opportunity to share um, that at the Open Door Mission, lives are being changed for eternity. And uh, people can visit opendoormission.org to know more about us. And again, I challenge each person, you can make a difference today. Choose joy. Thank you for listening to the Business of Vulnerability. In the midst of the pandemic in the year 2020, it was hard to imagine that we'd be able to start a podcast that talked about the courage and compassion of those serving vulnerable individuals and, and have it be something that people are willing to listen to, uh, not just once, but multiple times. Uh, more than 50 episodes later, we're still sharing these stories and the abundant goodness that is in this world. We're grateful for our listeners, for those that have appeared on the podcast, and for those that will appear in the future. The business of vulnerability is important because it's not an individual's or even an organization's business. It's the business of all of us to help those who are vulnerable be able to overcome whatever problems they are having. And I encourage you to take time today to think about who you can help and who you can uplift and support. Uh, Whether that is somebody down the street that's experiencing homelessness, whether that's the refugee in your neighborhood, whether that's a family member, whoever it is, your hands, your thoughts, your actions, your words can help them through this difficult time. For more wonderful episodes, more awesome insights, more examples of courage, compassion, and understanding, 
please visit www.pulseforgood.com and check out our blog and the podcast. Or easily view other episodes of this podcast on iTunes or Spotify or however else you get your podcasts. Thank you again for listening to The Business of Vulnerability. Thank you.